a big part of our business is about innovating and evolving so that we stay relevant and make sure that we use our 50 years history and heritage, but actually use that to shape what's to come. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% savings for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar, at filex.com.au. In this episode, the CEOs of Les Mills International and Les Mills Asia Pacific, Clive Ormerod and Ryan Hogan, chat with the Fitness Industry Podcast's Oliver Kitchingman about staying relevant by continually adapting to new customer expectations, growth markets and regional program preferences, and the intense demand for high-quality new group fitness instructors. Clive and Ryan. Welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Hello, how's that? How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thank you for having us. So first off, Clive, you stepped into the CEO role at LMI in mid-2018 after working most recently, I think, at a New Zealand tech and communications provider. Yep. Yep. And before that, you had a sales and marketing position at Nike. Yeah. So firstly, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure. And secondly, how's your first year or 15 months been with LMI? Yeah, LMI, I've been there a year and a half now. It's been amazing. Really, really enjoyed it. And then I've been most recently in the CEO role for just three months. So still very much early days. Right. But yeah, my, my journey to Les Mills has been really interesting. You know, I actually started my career having my own business working in retail for about eight years and sold Nike product and streetwear product across New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And then joined Nike in the UK and worked for nine years between London and Amsterdam. And the good thing with someone like Nike is you get the opportunity to work, move around a lot, work in a lot of varied roles. So, you know, I had GM roles and sales and marketing roles and quite a range. And you get a really deep skill set, which is just awesome to apply to the next thing you're going to do. And then when we moved back to New Zealand, New Zealand's home, moved back there four years ago now and I joined Spark. It's one of New Zealand's largest businesses, New Zealand's largest telecommunications company, mm-hmm. and had a GM of marketing role there, which was which was a commercial position, and then joined Les Mills 18 months ago, so, so it's so been awesome. Something drew you back to the physical activity sort of industry? Yeah, I mean, I worked for Nike for a long time, like mm-hmm. I said, and you, you, you know what it's like working in an industry that you just feel passionate about. So joining Les Mills was exactly that. It was about getting back into an industry that was closer to my passion. And you can't really beat a business with a passion like ours. You know, really looking to create a fitter planet is something that we actively actively live most days. It's a and big goal. Yeah, it is. It's something that, you know, I think we're all playing an active part in. So that was one of the main reasons I joined. And yeah, I've loved it since. It's been really, really good. Great. Ryan, you're relatively new to your CEO position as well at LMAP, having started at the end of 2018 after roles with Australian Fitness Network and doing some consulting work with various other fitness industry players. So first of all, how's your first year been? And secondly, have you, having known Les Mills from the outside looking in, as it were, have you found anything that surprised you about the business? couple of questions there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the first year has been great. It's, it's, it's a whirlwind of a organization to be a part of, you know, and, and to be part of 
yes, to run Asia Pacific, but also to be part of a global team is something that uh, I was really looking forward to and something that I was really looking for in my next, in my next career change. And I, I have to say it's delivered in spades, you know, to, yeah, to tap into global thinking and the global movement. And you know, Clive speaking around you know, these movements towards a fitter planet. I mean, that's, that's a mission that few can have. And I mean, what an opportunity to deliver. So no, it's been great. It's been a whirlwind of travel and, mm-hmm. and meeting people and finding out people's challenges and, and opportunities and seeing how we can grow the business. I suppose the one, if I had to pick something that surprised me about coming into Les Mills was, you know, perhaps I had a perception that that Les Mills was a bit of a legacy business or that, you know, maybe we maybe we were a mature over the hill business. And I just tell you, we're just getting started. I mean, we got so much ahead of us. And I was pleasantly and happily surprised by that. Good to hear. So, first of all, can you both just sort of refresh us on the areas that your roles actually cover geographically and with regards to the nature of the business that you do? Five. Yeah, sure. So my, my current role is CEO of Les Mills International. We sell programs and we do business across multiple countries. And my role as CEO is really working across three core teams in particular. So we've got a team that runs all our market teams. We call them our global markets business. And whether that be Japan or China or what we're doing across Europe. Also working with our independent partners, such as Les Mills Asia Pacific, Ryan's leading. Then we have a media business. Media business looks and runs our direct-to-consumer business, which is Les Mills On Demand. All the innovation and new technology that we bring to market in that space. Um, it includes our virtual product and our immersive product as well. And then we've got a pretty big central support team, which supports both of those businesses, namely based in Auckland. And my role as CEO is to pull those three together, really, to integrate them, but also to lead them into the future. And like Ryan said, a big part of our business is about innovating and evolving so that we stay relevant and make sure that we use our 50 years history and heritage, but actually use that to shape what's to come. Ryan, with LMAP, you're, you're mainly working... So, yeah, so heading up Lesmos Asia Pacific, we're one of the independent markets, I suppose, the, or independent partners, I think, to use Clive's terms, which is a bit better. <laughs> the easiest way to look at it is we, we distribute the Lesmos International product across Asia Pacific. So that includes Australia... And for us, Southeast Asia, so the, you know, Vietnam, Thailand, Indonesia, these sort of countries. Okay, so how would you view the current state of play for the group exercise sector in the fitness industry? With, and you're referring just there to, to Asia. I imagine that's a big growth area. So both locally and internationally, how's the great the group exercise scene sort of looking at the moment? Yeah, I've got some pretty strong thoughts on this because, you know, a lot of people in our industry, and certainly I hear it a little bit in Australia, saying, oh, group exercise is smaller than it was and I have to say that's not the case you know people exercising in groups is bigger than it ever has been mm-hmm. you know there's more people exercising in groups in and outside of fitness centers than there ever has been and that's true for Australia and that's true for Southeast Asia is it maybe the nature of the group exercise that has changed though a little, what, bit, little bit changes that perception a little bit yeah a little bit you know there's more opportunities you know you, you can exercise in groups in a number of different places not just at a traditional what we would call a big box fitness center right you can go to a number of places you can exercise outside for them for them for all that matter. So there's lots, lots more opportunities, but the category of exercising in groups is bigger than it ever has been. And it's just growing here and in Southeast Asia. And I think that's consistent across our other markets as well. I think the thing that's interesting is as an industry, the fitness industry is going through significant change, but every industry has. I actually think we're quite slow and a little late. And I think what's ahead of us is there for the shaping. 
So, yeah, there's more people exercising than ever before. Yeah, maybe the nature of how they're exercising and where they're doing it is evolving, but therefore that creates opportunity for us as a business. How do we take our core product, continue to make it better, and then evolve it into areas where we think there's still opportunity? And some of that is also direct to consumers, you know, with that direct one-to-one relationship. And it's about building out both, you know, both of those areas for us as a business as a priority. Sure. So on that note, what would you perceive to be the biggest challenges facing Les Mills and maybe the whole group exercise sector at the moment? I mean, there's you've got on the one hand, you may have businesses which are doing the direct to consumer, the Peloton style. And on the other hand, I guess it's just other competitors within your field doing the similar things to you. Yeah, I mean... If I had to pick one large challenge that we face that we face as a brand or that Les Mills faces as a brand, you know, our, 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 it's no secret that our workforce is aging, you know, that the, the average age of an instructor is, is older than what it was. And, you know, the back at the front end of that is not being filled as quickly as we would like. But at the same time, that creates opportunity. You know, we have this opportunity to bring a new younger workforce into the, into, into the place to fill this up. And that's something that we're very, very focused on and we will be focused on over the next while. I was, yeah. gonna, I was going to ask, actually, are there a lot of opportunities still for new Les Mills instructors? And it sounds like, therefore, there are. You're, you're, you're looking for them. I mean, people that think that there's no work for Les Mills instructors have obviously not gone and speaking to the, spoken to the same club owners that we speak to all the time. I mean, the demand for instructors is greater than it ever has been. You know, high-quality, well-educated, driven instructors. I mean, just this morning, we were, at a, we were having a conversation with one of our, our key partners, and their biggest concern was, where do we get new instructors from? Like, huge demand, huge demand. Yeah, and I think in general for us as a business, like any business, our biggest challenge is always going to be how do we stay relevant? Yeah, so as the market evolves around us, as customer needs change, how do we stay relevant? And that's our product. That's the instructor base that we're able to continue to build and inspire. That's also about new products for the future. And I think, you know, if you, you only need to look at demographics to go, okay, 80% of all people that now are paying for fitness in some form are millennials or gen, Generation Z. 80%. So therefore, the product, how we curate it, the experiences that we deliver have to be relevant for that group. At the same time, we've got established chains and partners and gym operators that also want to make sure they're catering to the right end of the market as well as existing customers. So it's that balance between optimizing your current product, bringing new products to market, making sure you're bringing great new rock star instructors into the mix. And then as a business, I think growing the industry, you know, we, want, we want the industry to be as healthy as it can be. And we play a key role in that. Les Mills is, you talk about being relevant. And I guess what, one of the things that Les Mills is known for is the, the continual updating of the, you know, the new quarterly releases and also the expansion of programs. So over the years, you know, if you looked maybe 10, 12 years ago, several of the programs in your, the current repertoire weren't even in existence. So, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're, it feels like there has been a lot of evolution and growth. Yeah, it's, it's part of how we operate, you know. I mean, we, we are a business that is known for innovation and for being creative and evolving the existing product set. And we do it every three months. Every quarter, we bring out new program releases. We're also very specific about what we're calling our, our stages of product development. So it's about evolving our existing product. How do we keep, like you just said, keep making them better or more relevant? How do we create new products? You know, we test new products all the time back in our gyms in New Zealand and then work through how might we take those to market across the world and then also getting into products in new channels, whether that be, you know, hotels or other new channels that might not be a channel for us today. So I think it's across all of those three areas that we want to be innovating. Okay. You say when you test programs, you test them in the New Zealand clubs. Uh, How long does the the testing usually run for? 
differs. So quite often we'll test a product in New Zealand before we put it into a club. We then put it into one of our clubs. That's giving us you know great customer feedback in New Zealand. Then we'll look to test with a partner overseas. And you know quite often through that stage we'll make changes. So we'll take the feedback on board. We'll look to continue to evolve it, make it better, and at that point decide how might we take it to market. So it's different by product. Sure. Do you notice much difference between the regions between? say, some of the newer Asian clubs and then some of the original New Zealand clubs in terms of the most popular programs or the ones which really seem to, to, to strike a chord? I mean, we see some real consistencies with our top performing. So we've got, you know, four very consistent top performing programs, and Body Pump, Balance, Combat, Grit, pretty much make up our top four. Okay. I know there's definitely some differences within certain countries. I think, by and large, Body Pump continues to be one that we keep evolving and making sure it stays relevant and working really hard for us. I know Ryan has some also some examples across their markets. Yeah, uh, so yeah, specifically answering your question around Asia, you know, the dance programs still work really, really well okay. in Southeast Asia. You, you can run Body Jam classes until... You know, until you're tired of running them and people will still turn up for them. And that's different in Australia. You know, we don't, we don't seem to have a, a culture of dancing in this market. So the more athletic, high-intensity training programs do very well in Australia, for example. And then also don't do so well in Southeast Asia. So it's different. Okay. And there, there are nuances in the markets. But to Clive's point, you know, we see the global stats. You know, those four key programs are the ones that are, that are overwhelmingly successful all across the globe. Clive, Les Mills has been growing and evolving as a brand for... 50 years, 51 years, I think. Into our 52nd year. Yeah. Well, and company director, Philip Mills, has been since day one. His father founded the club, yeah. and he's been driving much of the evolution over that time. Yeah. How's it been working with such an iconic figure yeah, it's in the been fitness awesome. industry? Yeah, it's been, re- it's been amazing. I mean, there were two reasons I joined Les Mills. One was to get back into an industry that was closer to my passion, like I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. The other one was to work with and learn from Philip. As you said, Philip's been in the industry a long time and um, I wanted to work alongside someone who I knew I could learn from most days and it's been awesome. I think Philip's unique in that he has a really deep experience in the industry but also a very successful business person. And for me, being able to put myself in an environment where I can get experience across both of those areas has been fascinating. I mean, I think at the same time, we're also mindful with me coming into this new role that our business is at a point where how do we continue to evolve our leadership is really important. How do we look to inspire and bring the team with us and what role might I play in that? And that's a big part of my new remit is how do we help set that vision? How do we help build on what's been a very strong foundation? But to Ryan's point earlier, continue to innovate and continue to be creative in terms of how we move the industry forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what I'm excited about bringing into the space now. So, yeah, it's been, fast. It's been really, really good. It's been fascinating. What sort of role is technology playing in, in, in the way that the business is operating? I think like any industry, technology is changing every industry. And I think for us, I go, the club of the future is going to be a club that has technology a central part of that experience. That said, I firmly believe that live, live experiences will always be the pinnacle. Yeah. But technology then helps enhance them. And we talk often about Les Mills being able to offer this integrated fitness solution of live being the pinnacle and virtual and at home or on demand. And those three areas work together 
And I think if I'm a club owner, club operator, I want to be making sure I'm strong across all of them. Mm. So technology is going to help take the group fitness experience outside of their traditional four walls and actually help them cater and tap into new markets. So the virtual classes, for example, you might be running at off-peak times when you're not going to be able to justify having instructors coming in, delivering classes to smaller numbers. And then, you know, it's keeping, it's building the brand during that time. And then the people that are experiencing the virtual are more likely to go, okay, well, this is great. What's a live class? And they do. Like, like yeah, we've 100%. seen it in the stats. So you know, it's a good feed Virtual helps build live by up to 15%. So clubs that have a, a strong virtual offering, their live attendance has grown over time. So it actually brings more people into group fitness. And then, yes, it allows you as a club operator to optimize your timetable, to give members more choice, to try to experiment, to test and learn, I think it's really important as well. And I think the at-home solution of technology just means that as we live busier and busier lives, fitness can continue to play an important part in our life. And that's very much linking back to our, you know, wanting to create a fitter planet. I imagine, Ryan, you'd have a similar take on on the experience as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, the clubs that, answering specifically your question around virtual, clubs that do virtual really really well improve their live attendance like that there's no question about it you know but also clubs that do it really really well don't treat it as live and virtual it's one it's your group exercise offering yeah. or your group fit offering some classes are delivered live and some some classes are delivered by virtual they treat it the same they refresh it they change it they program based on the members demands and they listen to the members demands and adapt and change as they go along you know if you if putting virtual in like a treadmill having it in the corner expecting people to just turn up and use it doesn't work you know and and but the clubs that take it seriously and that adopt it seriously, guess what? They get good returns from it. No surprise there, really. On that note, do any clubs have virtual as a standalone without having live classes? I have seen it. I mean, in our our club partners, not so much because you know I haven't. We haven't. We've licensed to a few non-fitness centres. So, for example, we have a, in Western Australia. We have a, this group that run mining villages. You know, they mm. they run. These villages where the miners live when they're not working in the mines and they have a fitness offering and virtual was perfect for them because they're never going to be able to get instructors there. But I have to say, overwhelmingly within the fitness space, our customers have live and virtual, not virtual on its own. I don't know. Globally. Similar. Yeah. There's a few examples, but I think it's traditionally in um, different channels where it shows up. So maybe small gyms in an office location or places yeah. like that. Okay. But, you know, we firmly believe that. I think you, you only need to look at the music industry to see what role technology can play. Mm-hmm. You know, I think music, people were very worried that digital music offerings were going to destroy live experiences. And it's been the opposite. You know, I think everyone has a, a digital music subscription of some form right now. But if you look at attendance to gigs and live music festivals around the world, they're at all-time highs. They're sold out. So I think technology can help drive and grow that. And we definitely expect to see the same within the fitness space. Interesting. Look, I mean, growing up, or part of your youth, growing up in New Zealand, you would have, you know, you've grown up with being very aware of Les Mills as this highly successful local brand that has gone internationally and gone gangbusters overseas. Now that you're leading the business, what would you say sets Les Mills apart as a leader in the fitness industry and what sort of defines Les Mills as a brand in terms of programs and instructors because you've, you've got this big tribe mentality always have done yep. what, what is it that sets you I up? mean I think our instructors absolutely define us you know the strength of our instructors their um, commitment and passion are the reason why we are who we are today you know and I think we can't open and partner with a new club without having an amazing army of instructors ready to support that and to play a role in that so I think instructors absolutely define us I think the other thing which helps define us is our 
real desire to continue to innovate and bring new product to market and to innovate within new channels, whether that be immersive fitness, what we've done with the trip, for example, mm. what we're doing now with Lesmos On Demand, but how that all feeds that live experience. I think the other thing that is interesting is there's a lot of people putting group fitness product out there in some form. You know, and I think the two parts for us that we're looking to service, if you look to customer needs and what we do, we're in the industry of providing results and motivation. And therefore, how we tailor what we call the art and the science mm. to be able to curate an amazing experience is something that's quite unique. So the art being choreo, our music, what we do around actually crafting the program, mm -hmm. and then the science being the scientific background around results through making sure that the workout's been tested and we call that Les Mills Lab, you know, and that's where we test to make sure that we're going to give you the optimal workout to get you the best results. And they're scientifically backed and we've got the research to prove it. And I think there's not many people that can put those two together to create the experience that we're able to do. I think I've seen some of that research. Is it, does it come out of Penn State? Yeah, so we work with a few partners from, from lots of different institutions. One of them is comes out of Penn State. The other thing is we have a head of research internally, Bryce Hastings, and he does a lot of this work. But we put out papers regularly to show the benefit of group fitness and how our programs are crafted in a certain way to help you deliver results. So, uh, I mean, you've probably addressed this in a way in some of your um, the other points that we've discussed already, but what's on the horizon for Les Mills for both of you guys? We're razor focused on our mission, you know, our mission to be, you know, to create a fitter planet, you know, and... and For us at Les Mills Asia Pacific, you know, distributing these programs that have the opportunity to change people's lives and to, to work towards that mission is what we're going to carry on doing. You know, as I said right at the beginning of the interview, you know, we're just getting started. You know, we've got so many opportunities ahead of us around democratizing the access to the, access to the programs through Les Mills On Demand and through the virtual offerings. And yeah, there's just there's plenty ahead, you know, new programs, new offerings, developments, etc. Yeah, and the only thing I'd build on that is we just need to stay relevant. So how do we work hard to stay relevant and to stay ahead of what the industry is going to be doing? So that's very much about helping shape the club of the future. That's about making sure that the product set that we're putting out there stays relevant and at the same time building a strong consumer brand. You know, I think any business, whether you're operating in the B2B space or directly to consumers, needs a strong brand. So we are doubling down on investing hard in that space. And I think it all services back up to servicing our mission of creating a fitter planet. You know, I think that's something that's fascinating about working in the industry we do is you know every day that's a big part of what you're doing. And it's a big reason that gets me out of bed. You know, I think it's inspiring for a lot of people. So for us, it's about how do we continue to really maximize that and ensure that it's as successful as possible. Clive, Ryan? Thank you very much for speaking with the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Holly. For a range of online courses focusing on group training and PT program design, including group fitness management courses by the brilliant Kirsty Neild and lesson plans that never fail by the masterful Greg Seller, head to the network website, select the Courses tab, and click on Group Training. Courses are accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, and network members save up to 20%. Go to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face -face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar, at filex.com.au.